Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. Claim that both hands raised toward heaven. We worship you, Lord. We receive your healing touch, Lord. Whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, financial, whatever it is, Lord, we receive your healing. We believe it, oh God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We have to sing that one more time. Healing is here. Healing is here. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for leading us today. Man, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord, seeing faces smiling and worshiping, crying, and hands lifted. It's refreshing, amen, to come into the house of the Lord. If you're watching online, you weren't able to make it today, we encourage you to come back to us next week. You, there's something about the presence of the Lord. You want to you wanna be here. Amen. This morning, I'm going to... Uh, I'm encouraged to stay to to announce Sister uh, or Pastor Annette is going to share the word, and she was just sharing me a little bit right before church that it's lining up with what we preached last week. God is so good, and uh, just give a hand for Sister Annette. We appreciate your your servanthood here, your leadership here, and for you being sensitive to the Lord. Have your liberty this morning. Preach the word. Amen. Praise God. You know while we were singing that song. Um, The Bible says, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. So shouting to the Lord is biblical. Amen? I mean, think about that for a minute. That's not my message, but shouting to the Lord is biblical. So it's it's not wrong to get loud in church. You know, we we worship with all kinds of instruments, and I don't know if that'll stay there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, I thank God for the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor and Brandy. It's, it's just, I'm so thankful they've come. It's been five years, but I'm thankful they um, were obedient to the will of God and came. I know mine and my husband's life have been blessed by their coming, and all of us have, and I, we just thank you so much. Plus, it's fun to be around Brandy. Praise God. It's fun to be around you too, Pastor. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Renewing your strength through waiting. That's the title. We're going to give it a title. That's the title. 
Um, and I'm sure you're all familiar. And Lord, I just surrender this message to you. I've been prayed for, but I just surrender it to you, Holy Spirit. You know what you want to do in each person's heart today. And Lord, we have open ears to hear and eyes to see what the word of God is saying to us today. So we just thank you and surrender it to you in Jesus' name. Amen? So Isaiah 40, 31, you probably all can quote it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There's more. We'll read that later. Waiting equals actively trusting and resting in who God is. So as you wait, there's a blessing of strength. Amen? Waiting isn't just sitting around doing nothing. It's being actively trusting God. And you'll see what I mean by that. And, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher at heart, so I like to know what words mean. So I put it up there on the, um, what the Hebrew dictionary says about wait, which is interesting. To bind together, perhaps by twisting. And I thought, to bind together. Hmm. He's binding us together in Christ. That I'm going to say the end before the beginning, so i, I got to watch myself. But he's binding us together in Christ so that in the wait, we look like Jesus, we sound like Jesus, and people see Jesus. It doesn't matter if you see me up here. What matters is that you hear what the word of the Lord is saying to you individually. Because every one of us have a wait. You might be waiting on... Something um, physical, something medical, something financial. Maybe you're waiting on receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and you've waited and tarried and that's a good thing. Um, but God will provide because he works in the wait. And we're going to see there's actually, it's a blessing to wait. Yeah, that got a clap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just have to get funny, Lord. Um, but there is a blessing. So this word means to expect, to look, patiently tarry. We don't talk about tarry as much, but that means to linger in expectation, to abide or stay in or at a place. So when you're at a place of, I'm in a wait right now, but I know that my God is in the wait with me. Just like he went in with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel in the lion's den, he's going in with us, and he's right with us. That's why we can shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. You may not see the triumph at this moment, but you can still shout. Shout when you don't feel like shouting. Shout when you do feel like shouting. But shout unto the Lord. I love shouting, Jesus. I did, you know, I didn't do it as loud because of the microphone, but that opens my spirit and reminds me who I'm looking to, who I'm following. Amen? To bind together what is happening while we wait. And how you wait is just as important as for what you're waiting for. Probably even more important, how you wait. 
if you're waiting impatiently and you're getting aggravated and, you know, little attitudes, um, New Yorker in me coming out, um, that's not how we wait. Because that means then we need our focus renewed. There's benefits to drawing to the Lord in the wait. There's benefits of, I like that solitude we started. It was, it was a couple years ago, wasn't it? That um, Where you got alone, the whole hour was divided up. That's a powerful moment because people of us who like to talk a lot, to be quiet can be difficult. Now, you quiet people, it might be, it might be okay for you to be quiet, but for some of us... <laughs> We like to talk. But it got you alone with the Lord, and it got you so focused on the Lord and listening for his still, small voice that you were able to press in, as Pastor would say, press in. That means get out of your own way and your own thoughts about today and think about the Lord and think about what he's done and it brings you before his presence because you're thinking about him. It's like God's not gone anywhere, but our thinking pulls us back because we start thinking about situations or outcomes or what ifs and what, is, what wasn't. And that's just a trip of the enemy to trip you up so you take your eyes off the Lord. I'm just not even on here now, so let's go back. I'm going to start at verse 25, because I think it's very interesting how the Lord leads them back to the weight. So in verse 25, he says, To whom will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes, just like the song said. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number. And he calls them by name. God's personal. He calls you by your name. He knew your name before you were formed in the womb. Amen? So by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. He's telling them who he is. Reminding them. He's talking to Jake. You know, he says, O Jacob and O Israel. So all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. So in the Old Testament, some of this stuff is a promise for us and an example of how to wait. So the Lord's declaring who he is so that he can show them their thoughts. That's important because if we don't take care of how we're thinking, you'll get led off into a, a, a path that is not the straight and narrow and not focused on the Lord. Come on, you can all probably raise your hand where you've let a little thinking go in too long. Can you not, at least not dress? <laughs> Thank you, Christina. She raised her hand. <laughs> so in verse 27, he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden? from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God. God's revealing his thoughts there, and he's telling him his thoughts, not so that you are shamed, but so you 
allow the conviction to come to lead you back to him. The mind is powerful. It's connected to your heart. So he wants our thoughts in line with him and his word. Amen? He's drawing them back to him. So by revealing their thoughts, he shows how to renew their focus, which is also how we renew our focus. He's reminding them of who he is. In, in verse 25 and 26, he's talking about who he is, and then he goes on in verse 28. I'm jumping ahead. I need to slow down in that. It's been a while. Here's what the word focus means, the center of interest. What's your, what's your interest right now? What, what's your activities? If you're thinking on just those things apart from what's the Lord's will in it, how does God want, like this message, Lord, I want what you want, not what I want to say. You know, you, you train, you, you go to Bible college, you learn, but it, without the anointing, it isn't going to change a flea. It's the anointing that breaks yokes. It's the anointing of God that can show us where our thoughts are. Because as a man thinketh, the Bible says, it's, it's kind of taken out of context with it was a stingy person, and as that, you know that's a stingy person. And as he thinks, so he is. But you can kind of tell by the way someone's talking about some character. God wants to deal with our thoughts and our words. So what has your focus been on in the wait? I think we need to remind ourselves, like we did with the song, who God is. Not only who he is, but what his word declares through his names, what he does. It's powerful to remind yourself that he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. I mean, I don't say him right, but he's our healer. He's the banner over us is love. His love died on the cross for us so that we could have relationship with him. He didn't have to die for himself. He died so that he could have relationship with us and we could spend eternity with him. And eternity is now. When you're, when you're in Christ, you're in Christ now. Amen? So you need to remind yourself, say it out loud or say it quietly, but say it to yourself. Don't allow your thoughts to just take you down a rabbit trail and then stop, go do something, and never go back to the Lord. Allow him to bring that conviction of, you, you know, think on things that are good and pure and lovely and of good report. Amen? We ought to tear down thoughts and imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I didn't put all this up there. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 3 through 6, if you're, not, if you're not tearing down thoughts and imaginations, the enemy will send the darts to give you more. I can use, you know, y'all know now I have cancer, and if I don't tear down thoughts, and imaginations of what man says about it, 
it could take you down into depression or, or hopelessness, but I know I'm not waiting on a doctor. I'm not waiting on a chemo. I'm not waiting on, I'm waiting on the Lord who's going to deliver me and heal me. He told me he's taking me through. Now, sometimes we'd like to hear I'm pulling you out, but he's still bringing me through. He's not going to leave me in the middle of the river or in the fire forever. He's re- and in the wait is a refining and a refinishing and a renewing it within you, a renewing of the mind, a renewing of, of your heart, a direction of focus. And as he reveals their thoughts, well, I didn't even get to the scripture yet. I think I want to read this scripture even though I didn't put it up there because you may have forgotten 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting at, I'm going to do starting at verse 3 because we all like, you know, warfare. Warfare starts up here. <laughs> That's one of the hardest warfares to do because it's inside your own head. And if you get them right away and tear them down and replace them with the word, the fight isn't as hard. But if you let it go and go and go, it gets harder because it, you take a hold of it then. You don't want to take it. You can, you can refuse a thought. Amen? I believe those are the fiery darts because the enemy knows if he can get you thinking about it, he can get you off track. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not, are, are not carnal, but mighty in God. Mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are thought patterns. Casting down arguments, you know, arguments that go in your head. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? It's who he is. And if you can't think of, like, what do I praise the Lord for today? Ask the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. He wants a relationship with you. Ask him, how do I, help me praise today. Help me worship today, Lord. Help me give you glory. Depend on him flowing through you to touch others. Because they don't need us. They need the Lord. The spirit of the Lord in you is what people need. Amen? That's how we move mountains. It's the Lord moving that mountain. Amen? And then in, it goes, uh, did I finish all of it? No. Casting, cast, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You want, you want your thoughts to line up with the character of Christ. Because God's always working on us, kind of like rubbing the rough edges off of us so that his beloved son is shining through. Because when we stand before the Lord, that's the blood that he sees. I got Jesus' blood in me. Amen? 
And then there's Philippians 4, one of my favorites. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, worthy, meditate on these. Meditate means to mutter to yourself. So it's not, it's thinking. Meditate on good things, not not all the politic things, not all the strife, that chaos that's going on. I'm not saying put your head in the sand, but you have to be vigilant so it doesn't get in. Because if it gets in, eventually it's going to come out. And that is not how Jesus does it. Amen? So renewing your focus is going to lead to renewing your faith. And in verse 28, he goes on to say, Have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God doesn't get weary like we do. We get tired. We get exhausted because we have physical bodies. We need sleep. It's good for us. God doesn't have to sleep. That's hard to, it's, sometimes that's hard to think about, but he's never asleep. You can't catch God off guard. He knows it before it's coming. So it doesn't, I like to say, that didn't catch God by surprise, because it doesn't. Might have caught me by surprise, but it didn't, doesn't catch God by surprise. That means he knows the plan in it. But my, my thing is to trust him, to lean on him, to speak his word so that it builds my faith because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen? Renewing your mind and focus on the word of God is how we want to do, how, how we need to do this. He's, he's the almighty one, the everlasting father, the prince of peace the King of kings and the Lord of glory. He's the great I am. And I heard it once said, I am everything you need in every situation. I like that. So the great I am, who's Yahweh. You know, it's Lord in capital letters because they didn't even say his name. So they used those capital letters in the Old Testament because they didn't use the Yahweh. Well, I don't even know how you pronounce Y-W-H-W, right? Is that how it is? Yeah. Um, so they made it Yahweh. That's their fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord. But the great I am resides within us. But we got to flow in his character. Because, you know, you can't be nasty and then speak peace into somebody. There's a little mm, conflict there. I mean, God will touch the person because he cares about his people, but he'll deal with us. Amen? So how are you waiting? How are you waiting is more important than what you're actually waiting on. And waiting on a thing can trip you up. 
So when you're waiting, we're waiting on the Lord. Our focus has to be on him. Our faith is from him. And he gives us the faith to believe in him. I love that. The grace of God leads us to repentance. So the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. People want to know the perfect will of God? Renew your mind with the word of God. This, that's why I love that declaration. I don't have it written down, though. This is the perfect will of God. And this is what we're to live by and according to. That's why when we were singing and we were shouting, I thought, to, I, thought I don't I thought, shout with a voice of triumph. That's what the Bible says. It's not something we just do in modern times. They did it back then. King David was mocked by his wife because he was unabandonedly worshiping the Lord. He didn't care what people thought. Don't care what people think. No one in here is watching you worship. And if they are, then the Lord will deal with them. They're busy worshiping themselves, not themselves. I said that wrong. They're busy worshiping also. That's the right, that's the right English. <laughs> so worship, be free. You know where you can be free first? At home. Worship at home. I love worshiping. I like worshiping with flags because I can't really raise my arms real well. So I'll get the flags out sometimes. It's freeing to worship at home. And when you do that as a lifestyle, when you come here on Sunday, you're going to be just as free. I would call that a homework assignment. What did you call those at the end of all the sermons? Let's do the Bible. Let's worship at home. And you know, if you're a quiet worshiper, it's okay. But once in a while, I bet you get excited about other things. So we need to remind ourselves of the word of God, what's written and what was rhema. The spoken word of God. If God has spoken to you a word, remind yourself of what the Lord said. Not to get aggravated or frustrated, but because when the Lord speaks, his word doesn't go out void. So he watches over his word to perform it. We humans get caught up in the time from when it's said to the time from when it's accomplished. But think about all the saints of old who they never actually saw the fruition of what was spoken, but they held on. They held on and were persecuted and they held on. And so can we. The word of God in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful. I love that. And sharper than a two-edged sword. I say what goes out is going to come back. So watch your words, what you're saying to somebody else. Because if you're, you're speaking the word to someone and it's not 
It's not where you're at. It's coming back. It's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. The Lord can let you, let you know when you're not in the spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner. So he can separate the joint and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Because sometimes our intents aren't what we really think they are. That's why I encourage, in couple counseling, I encourage couples, you have to say what you mean. Ask, let, let the person talk it back so that they can see if they really understood what you said, because sometimes what we say is not really what we mean. And that's where a lot of communication goes like this. Because we think we said it the way we mean it, but it comes out different, and then the person has their own perceptions of it, and then we don't say what we thought we, we heard you say, and then you have a mess. So, well, let me, let me see if I understood this. And you say it back to them, you save yourself years of problems. Amen? All the people are like, mm-hmm, they got a nod on that one, Pastor. <laughs> so God is the discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. Sometimes we don't know where our own heart is. The Bible says our heart is wicked above all because things hide out in your heart. But when we allow the Lord to search our heart, the Spirit of God search your heart, he'll show you where you're at. And he doesn't show you to make you feel bad. He shows you so that it brings conviction and then you change 180 degrees and shine Jesus instead of our stinking attitudes and thoughts. Amen? So renewing your faith then leads to renewing their fortitude. I liked the word fortitude because it just takes strength and expands it. So verse 29. Let's go to verse 29 because here he goes on to say who he is and then he says, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. This word strength here is not the same as in verse 31. Do I have that up there? Yes. It's different. It's more about physical power and stamina. That's why in verse 30, he goes on to say, even the youths shall faint and be weary. Do you ever wonder why he brought that in? That's because that strength is more about power and body. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall or fail. Because our bodies can only endure so much. But, then he goes on to say, but, don't you love it when God says, but, those who wait on the Lord, on the great I am, capitalized, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they're waiting on the Lord. 
And they've, he's, a, he's spoken to them by first revealing, again, who he is, and then where their thoughts were so their focus could get renewed. And when you begin to meditate on who God is according to the word of God, your faith begins to get renewed. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word. So as you're telling yourself the word according to what it says about the Lord, it's building faith on who he is. Because when you're waiting, I'm looking up because I know, I know God's in here, but I like to look up because I know he's high and lifted up. And I know he's the Lord of glory. And I know that he's my heavenly father who loved me enough to send his only begotten son to die for me. If there was just one person in the world, Jesus still would have died. Because our humanness after the fall couldn't be there without that sacrifice. So we renew our fortitude, our strength, as we wait. This strength is interesting. I put up the, the reference in the Hebrew Dictionary for people like me who like that stuff. Um, but it comes from an unused root word meaning to be firm. I think of that as like steadfast, firm. Amen? I'm, I'm not going to read all of them, but capacity. It's hardiness. It's power. It's mighty, mighty full. It's strength. It's substance. The word capacity means the maximum amount that something can contain. So this strength is about substance, the amount that something can produce. This strength produces. The word strength in the English is the quality of being physically strong and the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. So you know that twisting that the beginning of weight, the definition of weight is, that's a pressure. It's pressure when you're waiting. There's all kinds of pressures when you wait, depending on what you're waiting on. I'm trying not to always just talk about myself here, because, but it takes focus and, and reminding yourself of who the Lord is. I know I'm repeating myself, but someone here needs to hear that because waiting isn't always easy. It usually isn't easy for a reason because it's refining us. So we are then Christ-like. I'm sure Leona can attest to that wait to be able to get back here was long. But she held on to the Lord, and there she is. Amen? And we, we're so thankful she's able to get out and be able to sit again. There's others that are waiting. How many here are waiting on something? Just waiting on something. Those are the things you give it to the Lord. Because in that wait... He is, and he's refining. So if, if what you're waiting on isn't the way it's 
you think it should be right now, it's because the timing of the Lord, not what you're waiting for. I'm repeating myself, but there's a point here that the Lord's trying to make because we get caught up. Well, I'm going to come down here. We get caught up in this is what he said. I thought it was going to be three weeks. Six years later, getting a little frustrated, Lord, because my eyes are off of him. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It matters how you wait. We want to wait on the Lord with our eyes focused on him. And I know that can rub wrong hearing it that way because I'm waiting too. We're all waiting. But I want to be Christ-like. And when I'm squeezed, I want to know Jesus is coming out, not me. And I'm sure Roger could say, oh, she comes out once in a while. <laughs> that's, what, that's what marriage is for, right? Give you the squeeze. Thank you, Lord. I like the substance part because the substance is the real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists. And I believe that substance is the grace of God while you're going through the wait. You know, fortitude is a strength of mind that enables a person to encounter danger or bear pain or adversity with courage. I thought about the eagles here, and I looked this up in a MIP had recommended this dictionary of biblical imagery, and the eagle portrays speed and power. And it symbolizes the speed and power of both God's deliverance and God's destruction. But in the wait, it's God's deliverance of whatever it is you're waiting on. This strength is a firmness. It's a strength of heart and mind, power and might. And that substance is the grace of God. We need the grace of God. So remember in the wait, you can ask for more grace. It's his empowering presence to do whatever you need to do. And if waiting is what he has you doing, then there's grace to wait. At least that's how I see it. If whatever he has me doing, if I'm waiting, then he's going to give me the ability to wait. If I'm asking for it and I'm leaning on his grace while I'm in the wait... So they'll mount up with wings of eagles. So we're bound together as we're waiting on God and his will is being worked in you. It's a, it's a great time for renewing focus, faith, and fortitude and allowing the Lord to renew and refinish and even revive sometimes. Sometimes we need to be revived because you can get weary. And it's okay. So when 
The Lord has us come up, come up for the Lord to be renewed in your focus, to be renewed in your faith and in your strength as you wait. So Romans 1, 16 through 17, and this is the scripture that, I, uh, that was on my heart because it's about Christ's likeness that God's working in us. He's working in us so that his son can reach people through you and 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 all of us. And in that, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. For in everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek, it is written, for, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So while you're waiting, your faith can go from faith to more faith, to more faith. Because when we go through something, we can comfort someone else. And we do it with compassion, the compassion of Jesus. The Bible says he was moved with compassion and healed. So there were times where Jesus was, the, the compassion flowed through to heal. That's what we need. We need more compassion flowing through us than cutting words or, or darts. That doesn't bring compassion. You know, compassion, I'm trying not to get off on a tangent. Compassion looks like Jesus. Amen? So if you're thinking about your words before you talk to someone, you know, there used to be that, I think it was, is it the 80s or 90s, what would Jesus do? You know, they had the, the bracelets and everything. That needs a comeback. Because what would Jesus do? How would he say it? That's what we need. That's compassion. So the just shall live by faith. Faith. Faith in God. Faith in the Lord. If, if you're watching online and you are just come across this and you have not asked Jesus into your heart, or if you're in this room and you have not made a, a life commitment to Christ as Lord of your life, now's the time. Because you may be waiting and you need Christ. So pray with me, Lord Come into my heart. I give you my life. I give you every aspect of my life, Jesus. I need you. I believe you are the Lord. I believe you died and rose from the dead. And I want to know you, Jesus. And if you did say that prayer, then text our pastor. At the end, they'll put up a, a number, I believe. If not, look on our website and you'll get the number. <laughs> because we want to we reach out to you. Salvation is where it starts. But it's not the end. That moment you give your life to Christ, you're on a, a new journey. That has just highs and lows too, but now you got someone to go through it with you. Whereas before, you were on your own. You know, the Bible doesn't say you'll never have a problem. It says you'll have 
the problem solver going with, well, I'm using my own words, the problem solver going with you. And that's what we need. So as you wait, allow God to renew your focus by recounting who he is to yourself. And as you do, your faith gets built with the word of God. And you'll sense that strength. So I'm, I'm going to let pastor do the altar call, if that's okay. Um, that's a long time for me to stand, so I'm going to come down here. Because my strength needs renewing, so I'm going to get some prayer too. Thank you, Sister Annette, and yeah, for that encouragement of waiting on the Lord this morning. Let's just practice that right now as our praise team comes back. Lord, we just wait on you. We thank you for your many blessings that you want to pour out. We, we understand through your word that you want to bless your children. You want to give them physical strength. You want to provide for them um, because we're yours. Uh, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And in this journey of life that we're, that we're walking, uh, sometimes running, there's times that we need to pause and wait to listen to you for instructions for the next leg of the race, to gain strength, to gain endurance. And in this journey, there's times that we'll have issues physically, maybe in relationships. There'll be conflicts in, in parts of our lives but we want to learn to cast those upon you because you care for us. And it happens when we wait. Not always doing. There's times that we, we, we are active. We can't just always be waiting. And it's waiting. It's waiting for this next instruction, waiting for you to refuel us. But you want to refuel us so we can run the race with endurance. The run to race with patience. Because we keep our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith. We thank you, Lord Jesus. So this morning, as you stand to your feet, and if you'll, I know we've already prayed for some that needed healing, but if you need a renewal of, a, of strength, whatever that may be in, a renewal of faith, a renewal of fortitude, if you need that this morning, no matter what area of your life, just go ahead and make your way down this way. If you can't stand, Sister Nate, you're able to sit. We'll come around you. I know you've been standing a long time, but uh, just make your way down. We're going to start praying. Praise Him is going to lead us in worship. But I want to lay hands on you and, and pray for you that the Lord will renew your strength in whatever area of life you have. And there may just be one or two who needs that today, but the Lord answers. And then I want to ask if, if you don't need that, uh, just come and help me pray with these. Uh, gather around those who need strength. Will you come this morning?